Welcome to episode 80 of Shanlin on Batman. On tonight's show, we are pleased to have Bernard Chang. If you have been conscious for the past 10 years or so, you have most certainly seen Bernard's work in some form or another. Bernard has worked on some many great projects. He's probably most uh, famous for his current run on DC Comics' Batman Beyond, a uh, run written by Dan Jurgens. That is not the only thing that Bernard is known for. If you thumb through the many pages of the game by Neil Strauss, you will surely have seen Bernard's work throughout that. Other books that Strauss and Chang have worked on together have been How to Make Love Like a Porn Star, How to Make Money Like a Porn Star. Bernard Chang has also worked on Wonder Woman, X-Men, and many other uh, amazing books. Thank you and welcome to uh, Shanlon Batman, Bernard. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So usually how we start the show off is we just ask, uh, what like what's your first ex exposure to the character of Batman? Was it the '66 TV show? Was it the '89 movie? Was it the animated series? Um, I would think as a as a kid, I remember re um, reading Batman comics, um, mostly going to the drugstore or supermarket. There'd be like a comics rack back in the old days. Right. And you know just thumbing through all the books while my mom was out you know, shop, doing grocery shopping or whatever. Um, so that would probably be my first exposure to the Batman character. Um, I mean, I did watch some of the uh, uh, Adam West Batman uh, on TV, but it was very rare. I guess the other exposure would probably be Justice League, you know, the cartoon on morning. Uh, actually, yeah. Super Friends. Awesome. Super friends on yeah. Saturday mornings. So, so when I'm sorry, when for the first time did you draw Batman? Um, I actually did a project uh, for DC in the late '90s, uh, but it never got printed. Uh, it was written by um, Keith Giffen, and it was a miniseries. Actually, it was supposed to be in the Legends of the Dark Knight time um huh. but that book never got uh, that story never got printed and um i think we did three out of the four issues so um and then that was pretty much it aside from maybe like sketches at some shows um i've never really tackled the batman character before um he's always been very daunting um it was actually to me, a, a, a somewhat difficult character to draw at times because of the mask. Um, hmm. you know, the, the cow has its own kind of uh, unique stylistic approach. I mean, every artist kind of has their own take on it. And uh, a good friend of mine, my best friend from high school, John Paul Leon, uh, I mean, he's awesome at drawing Batman. And his advice to me was uh, to draw the face first okay. uh, without the mask before drawing the mask on there. And that's oh. kind of helped me, even though I mean Batman Beyond is really just um, his uh, I mean, his whole face is just the, the mask itself. So it's right. a little bit different. So let's let's back up a little bit. When did you 
when did you discover that you had a talent as being an artist and an illustrator and all that? Was it, were you at a really young age when you kind of like picked up uh, like a sketchbook and a, and a pencil or was it a little bit later on in your life? Um, I've always remembered drawing as a little kid, as early as uh, maybe three or four years old. Um, kind of sketching or just doodling um, throughout school. I'd always sketch instead of taking notes um, in class. So the teachers, you know, <clears throat> weren't, weren't very happy with that. <laughs> but um, I'm really, I'm a big proponent of the theory of the 10,000 hours, um, you know, in order for someone to kind of uh, master a particular skill set, they need to really invest um, about 10,000 hours of proper training uh, to reach kind of a skill level uh, to, to acquire kind of a professional uh, level status. So um, I guess if you count like four years old all the way up until when I broke into to the industry professionally, the first gig was at uh, when I was 20. Um, so 16 years uh, within that amount of time, um, accumulating about 10,000 hours. Wow. So I mean, you the, the, the downside to that is nowadays, um, as a professional, we have very little time to draw stuff for myself. Um, every time I'm usually picking up a pencil, um, it's for a project. So um, the flip side of that is once you do start working, um, you have very little time to kind of uh, explore fun projects on your own um, yeah. because you're usually typically busy with, with uh, working, paying gigs. Yeah, that makes sense. How... How many hours in a day do you think that you spend working on, uh, like a single issue of a of a comic book? Are you putting in like eighteen, twenty hours a day? Like, what what's that kind of like? Um, it's uh, you know, so a page is a, um, typically a page is a, a day. People uh, pencil um, pencil pencil ink a, a page a day. Um, you know, a comic book is twenty pages. It used to be twenty one or twenty two. Uh, now it's twenty. Um, so roughly it's about a month to do an issue. Um, but for me, I, I, it depends on the day. Um, so, cause I like to work on three or four or five pages at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, so typically, uh, I mean, I can go as long as a couple of days on a page or as fast as, um, two or three pages a day, pencils and inks. And, um, it just kind of varies too, depending on the page as well. Um, there's a lot of times where there's a lot of backgrounds and there's a lot of um, perspective and environments or details that you need to throw in. Um, and then some pages, they're just mostly like talking heads. Those, um, you know, you want to put the time to kind of come up with a good, interesting composition. Also acting, um, the characters are, are doing stuff as opposed to just um, heads with their mouths open and closed. So about, I would say, six hours a page. Okay. To answer your question. Okay. What is your your day to day like as a comic book artist? Are you like a are you a are you a morning person? Are you a night person? What what kind of what what inspires you and in, throughout your day to day? Um, <laughs> it's uh, I think if you interview any a comic book artist, um, I would aspire to want to have a regular schedule. But unfortunately, I, I know that. Um, I tend to 
Uh, my schedule sometimes tends to be all over the place, uh, mostly because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, different projects. Um, and typically, an ideal day would be waking up in the morning. Um, I've been trying to get up around 7 or 8 in the morning, uh, working till about uh, 2 or 3 in the afternoon, yeah. and going to the gym and playing some basketball, getting some exercise. Um, coming back home around around this time, actually. I just got back from the gym. Um, eating dinner, um, maybe taking a nap, and then yeah. working until, you know, a couple hours at night. Wow. So it's usually like a double shift. So I like to draw a pencil in the morning and ink at night. Oh. Um, that way I can kind of see um, mistakes that I've made. Um, or, you know, come up with different direction uh, before I finish the page. Um, I like to kind of separate a little bit of the uh, the time between roughing out and then penciling and then inking, um, just just so that I can my eye can kind of see maybe adjustments that I can make to improve um, the storytelling or the drawing. Okay. So growing up, we. We know that basketball is a huge part of your life. What was it like balancing like sports and your artistic side? Was it was it hard to like choose or did you just do both like naturally and it was all good? Well, the basketball is more of a passion. I mean Okay. I mean my, my play days are long gone. <laughs> I'm like the old. I go to the USC basketball gym to play, and uh, I'm like the old guy there. Uh, I'm like twice as old as um, the kids that I play with. Um, so I, I, you know, go there for exercise. And I play in a league, a men's league, uh, yeah. once a week. Um, but competitively, uh, the, those days are, are, are long gone. But the thing is, I, I'm I'm actually surprised that there's not more. Um, artists that are athletes, but again, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, when you get into a craft, um, a lot of artists or a lot of people, creative people, they tend to stick to that particular craft, yeah. and uh, so they spend endless hours drawing. I mean, I used to do that, but you know, when I was young, I would, um, you know, spend endless time drawing, but I also just loved playing sports, and so even I would say. At some point, I made a decision that um, art was going to be my direction, or illustration was going to be my direction. Um, even in high school, I, had, I actually used to also also play the violin oh, uh, in wow. high school, and uh, I was a part of youth symphony. We performed at Carnegie Hall, and oh. um, prior to choosing a college, I decided it was one or two directions whether I go would go into a musical direction and become a um, like a symphony violinist, yeah, um, a professional musician, or go to an art school and uh, become a professional artist or architect at the time. Yeah, when we were doing our research on you, we saw that you went to the Pratt Institute and you went there for architecture, but you were playing on the basketball team. And you have like, like, like we're actually like really incredible at it. So we're like, well, at at one point, like that's such a hard thing because. Like the competitive nature in all of us, we're like, well, maybe we'd do the you know more athletic thing, but it's right. 
you could have probably done both and done them both very well professionally. So we're just like, wow, like how do you, I don't, we don't, we couldn't make that decision. Would we want to play a little bit of sports kind of a thing? Or we want to like sit down and draw Batman comics. We're like, at the end of the day, we'd have to draw comics. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I was never good. I, I was never good enough to I, I, knowing my skill. Um, I, I would not have become a professional um, basketball player. Um, at all. I mean, it was Division Three. Uh, we didn't have a scholarship. It was uh, I was a walk-on uh, on the team, and my first few years, I, I rode the bench basically. Um, I did, however, uh, after I graduated, um, I was on the coaching staff, so I was an assistant coach. And then um, the year after that, I was actually promoted to head coach. So I was actually a college basketball head coach for a summer, and. Um, at that time, I had another crossroads. You know, there's always we always have a lot of crossroads in our lives. And back then, I was 24, and I had to make a decision whether to continue stay in New York and, uh, at the time, continue to draw comics, um, and and also do a, a college basketball head coach at Pratt, or uh, move to California and. Uh, Take a stab at working for Disney at the time. Yeah, because you were you were Imagineer, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. So wow. what's it so, like being at Disney and then like being being one of the guys that kind of like designs and puts puts together like the various different things that go on at Disney? Is that is that daunting as well? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, um, at first when I came out here. I had been drawing comics professionally for about four years at Valiant, and then my contract ended at Valiant, yeah. and I was freelancing a little bit, um, doing some stuff for Marvel and DC and Image, and then um, the job offer came uh, from Disney to come out, and I decided I'd been in New York for five, six years. Um, I might give LA a try for a couple of years, you know, different environment. I was young at the time. Um, it would be uh, in a completely new environment, I didn't know anybody. Um, just wanted to try something new, and uh, it's wow, almost 20 years now. Oh, 21 years. Uh, was it 1996? It's 2017. I guess 21 years that I've been out here in LA. So I don't know. Is the math right? Nice. I'm yeah, they're not very good at math. Um, Me either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Imagineering was awesome because. Uh, Basically, you design the rides, and I was right. uh, my main job was a blue sky concept designer. So basically, all the projects I would go on, there would be nothing attached to it so far. Uh, you know, basically, because they say blue sky because there's no ceiling mm -hmm. uh, in the design phase. So you can just basically come up with however crazy idea or story. I mean, everything had to have a story, and uh, put it into a format where you can present it to. Um, the, the upper management and also the corporate sponsors, and then if they like it, they'll allocate more funding to continue the design process. And usually, sometimes that that that, that idea is then passed on to other people, like engineers, um, who then cost assess uh, the drawing that I did and say, okay, well, this is going to cost you like a hundred thousand. This is going to be like a million dollars, and this is going to be like ten thousand dollars here. <laughs> So they actually reversed costs based off of the actual drawing and design yeah. made by the artist. Um, so 
so it was a lot of fun. The only downside to that is um, a large percentage of the projects that uh, you work on as a concept designer never gets made um, because you're really throwing out a, a lot of ideas out there. And um, so it can be very, um, you know, I've worked on projects for over an entire year and it would never get made. Whereas in comics, if I'm drawing the book, um, you know, the, the, the next month the book is out. Right. Uh, and it's in print and it's something that you can hold. It's a tangible product um, and it's your work. Um, but it was great. I mean, I was 24, 25 at the time. I would go into these meetings, these brainstorm meetings, and I would sit in a room with all these guys that designed the rides that I went on as a kid, you know, in Disneyland and Disney World and Epcot. And um, it was just, uh, at first, I just didn't want to <laughs> make a fool of myself. Uh, my biggest fear was to come up with an idea and then for them to say, oh, we've already thought about that. And so I always kind of, um, it made my analysis skills a little bit better trying to assess, um, you know, where everyone was going in terms of the creative direction for things. What did you take away from being an Imagineer and take to the comic, to the comic world? Well, actually, it's, it's, it's back and forth. How I got the job at Imagineering was I showed um, they were very interested in the comic book storytelling aspect uh -huh. and the architecture background that I had uh, in college. Um, and so everything there, even though you're on a ride, has a story attached to it. Um, it's just not a, it's not a roller coaster where you check your brain in. I mean, you're actually immersed in that environment and everything has a story. So if you were to go on the Indiana Jones ride, um, even the queue line where you're waiting to get onto the ride vehicle helps um, tell a story so that when you actually get onto the ride vehicle and go through the experience, um, you're already immersed in that world. You're taken away from the outside, whatever was outside of the, um, uh, the ride, um, and you're kind of already in that Indiana Jones environment, you know, taken back even in time. Um, so it's, it was an experience that was unlike anything else. And, uh, taking that back into comics, I think also reestablished the value of environments as characters in the stories. Um, and all the books that I've drawn, they've all taken place in various places. Uh, prior to Batman Beyond, I was drawing Green Lantern Corps. Yes. And, um, you know, Green Lantern Corps, every issue was a different planet and different yeah. alien culture. So you have to design different architecture, different clothing. You also have to uh, you know, think about how people act and might do mundane things. Uh, you know, we might, um, you know, just, like, okay, for us, there's a big difference between the suburbs and an urban city, right? Or even a big uh, difference between um, America versus Europe or Asia. And uh, so then putting that into context, and then so John Stewart is going off to a particular planet. Um, what is that planet like? You know, they don't have to. And plus, landers don't necessarily need to walk. They can fly. You know, so um, how, are, how are they interacting with that space as well? Um, and then <laughs> uh, and you have to think about all that and then still have time to draw the book and get it out every month. Um, even now, like on Batman Beyond, what's, what's a lot of fun is it's 35 years in the future. Um, 
we're trying to uh, marry a little bit of um, we're, we're trying to marry the animated series with kind of the DC universe, um, the current DC universe, and uh, figuring out how some of the architecture or the layers of the Gotham. There's an old Gotham area, and then they've also built these new skyscrapers that are on top of the old Gotham. Right. Um, so there's an interesting dynamic, and then how many different levels. And, um, a month ago, I was in Hong Kong, and in Hong Kong, they have uh, these large, huge apartment complexes mm-hmm. uh, that have kind of like a sub-street above the regular street where all the cars are, so that all it's only accessible by the residents, but even in that second level up above, there's shops, and there's like barber shops and um, you know, different services for people, and so it's it's, a, it's an interesting environment that, um, uh, you know, ho- hopefully we can, I can try to sneak that into some parts of Gotham uh, as, we, as the story progresses. Now, do you, are you, when you're going to all these uh, different places like Hong Kong, you said, are you snapping pictures or do you have like a photographic memory? Like, wow, I'd really like to somehow incorporate this in the book uh, in a different, interesting way. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, a long time ago, I decided not to take as not to take that many pictures when I go anywhere. I I want to live in the moment. Um, a lot of times, I find like people they're always like taking a step. You know, they're they're taking pictures of wherever they're going, but they're not actually living in that moment of wherever they're at. And so I always find that it's very important. Now sometimes I'll take a, a snapshot here or there. Um, but I find that if I need anything too, in terms of picture reference, I can just go online and find it. Um, you know, it's uh, there's so much reference available now online. Um, I go on Facebook. I used to go on Flickr. I don't even know if Flickr is still around, but you know, just Google image search. You can look at Instagram. You can do a whole bunch of different things, and you can find the picture reference of whatever it is that you need uh, available for you. Um, so I'd rather just if I'm there. Um, be in that moment as opposed to just constantly taking pictures um, to remind myself because all the details you can find later referencing online. Um, I think it's more important to be in that moment emotionally, contextually, and um, feeling it so that then later on when I'm drawing, I can bring it back out organically. Um, so when it began, when it, uh, when it started coming to beginning work on Batman Beyond. Um, did you decide to go back and watch some of the animated series there to see if you could find any inspiration? Or did you go into yeah. it with like a empty like a fresh start and see uh, what you could do with the with uh, like a fresh start there? Well when the Batman Beyond first started when I jumped on it was after Future Sand. So there was yep. a lot of stuff that was already um, in terms of the Future Sand that had to be um, compressed into the story. Um, so uh, I did watch a few, uh, you know, a handful of episodes, um, mostly to do with uh, the particular characters that were going to play a role, like the villains that were going to, like Ink was um, one of the first major villains that was introduced when when uh, Dan and I came came onto the book, and so a lot of it was just referencing some of that. The Justice League Beyond characters were there, so watching the episodes that um, they, you know. Uh, that they were in, and also just to kind of, kind of get a, a feel and sense of um, the animated series. But at the same time, the future sign was very different than um, the, the animated series. 
here now, I think, um, uh, since rebirth uh, and since Brother Eye has been destroyed and the rest of the universe is kind of getting, the rest of the world is, the planet is getting back into uh, settling down and um, rebuilding Gotham and rebuilding um, uh, the world, uh, I think we're beginning to see a little bit of like life sneaking back in, normal life sneaking back in. There was a lot of chaos. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer drawing like states of like chaotic, like just stuff and ruins, or are you more of like a being an architect? Are you more of the scenery and like nice buildings kind of artist? Wow, uh, <laughs> um, I prefer to draw stories that take place in snowstorms because. Um, <laughs> Uh, you guys ever read that uh, Alpha Flight issue a long time ago where was it a snowbird or, or uh, she was fighting Sasquatch in a snowstorm? I haven't. And so there were like pages where the panels just all white with word balloons. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, you know, the scenes with destruction, um, uh, it's actually part, a little bit easier to draw uh, because you can play with the perspective. Uh, you're not holding to a perspective because the buildings are crumbling over so you can have stuff that's um that might not measure up um but i i, I think it's a it's a combination of both um really I, I enjoy the story aspect and so even in the first one the pre-rebirth batman beyond yeah. where matt kind of ventures outside of uh gotham and he goes to metropolis mm -hmm. um and kind of seeing that dynamic there's a difference between the metropolis damage in the Gotham damage and also just the outside world yeah. um, kind of envisioning how things stop also you know how things would even those 35 years in the future technology probably stopped maybe like 30 or so years um, because of um, what had happened with the brother eye What's your working relationship like with Dan Jurgens? Are you constantly emailing, uh, texting, talking to each other, or does he just kind of like give you the script and you just kind of go work on it from there? Uh, Dan, Dan and I, we wanted to work. I, I met Dan first when I sat back at Valiant. He was um, uh, he came to Valiant to work on Solar at the time. Um, so we've been a big fan and admirer of his work. Uh, I mean, the guy is comic book legend and uh, we were supposed to he, he and I had talked about maybe collaborating on something a few years ago uh, but I was still drawing Green Lantern Corps at the time and uh, but Batman Beyond came up and uh, the opportunity opened up um, to collaborate together we email every now and then um, we're not talking on the phone all the time um, as a comic book artist you're very isolated in certain aspects um, but I get a, a, we're actually working in a plot format right now. So it's, um, I prefer a plot format. It gives me a little bit more freedom, um, for the storytelling aspects. Um, but you know, he, Dan's scripts or Dan's plots are, or, or even though it's, uh, they're very immensely detailed. Um, he includes a lot of picture referencing or things that he's thinking about. And, you know, Dan's also an artist, so everything he writes has a complete um, visual aspect to it already. Um, so for me, um, you know, collaborating, 
uh, you know, comics is like a team. So uh, we all kind of work together, even though we might not be working together at the same time. And um, the same goes for Marcello Maiola, who's the colorist on the book. Um, he and I have collaborated together for the last, I don't know how many years. I think we started on Demon Knights prior to Green Lantern Corps. So we developed a, a kind of a, he and I text back back and forth more often, uh, but Marcello's in Brazil. So I got to make sure I got to text oh, him. Oh, time. Yep, time. Yeah. And, um, but he and I have kind of developed a, a, a nice relationship in terms of I'm anticipating when he's going to do certain things already. And plus I trust him. And that's a lot of, a lot of what goes into um, comics too, is the trust aspect. You know, uh, Dan trusts me, I trust Dan, and then the same with Marcello. And things just work out really well, I think, between the three of us. But Dan, uh, Dan I think, is in Minnesota. So okay. uh, I get to see him um, uh, a couple times a year at conventions. And usually when we're at a convention, um, we will carve out time uh, to sit down and kind of plot out a direction and nice. um, really kind of discuss where things are. And every issue we email um, a few times. And uh, there's, I always tell him, like, hey, if you ever see anything that uh, you have a comment on, throw it back. I mean, you know, uh, get, don't don't be hesitant to, um, you know, uh, comment back on something that you feel um, could probably go in a different direction. Um, because uh, as a professional, you know, we're a team. We're just bouncing back and forth. Right. Uh, the more each of us can bring to the project, the better it can be. So, constructive criticism. Yeah. Um. So, in Batman Beyond, is there any particular character you want to draw but have not had the opportunity to do so yet? Um. You know, the the Justice League Beyond was pretty fun. Yeah. And then, um, but that was only a few issues. So now we're dealing with actually the next issue arc that's coming up. I don't think I can really tell. Can't really talk too much about it. Um, but Kurare, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name right. That's that's correct. Right. So she pops up, nice. and there's a bunch of other characters that are going to pop pop up. Um, so I actually enjoy a lot of the high school stuff. You know, the camaraderie, um, but or the kind of young angst stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping we get we get to little, to bring that back a little bit more, and and we do see it. We start seeing it um, now that begin, things are beginning to normalize again. Um, but I, yeah, the next arc is going to be pretty cool. So I can't give away the. Stuff. Well, even right now, I don't know if you guys have, have you guys. Um, what issue are you guys up to in terms of reading? I'm not current right now. Okay. I'm. Uh, so, I just started re on Rebirth Beyond. Okay, so you know Batman uh, Beyond. Um, Terry's back in the suit. Yeah. Right. Um, Tim's disappeared, so yes. Terry's back in the suit, and but he's still a little sluggish, and he's fighting against Terminal. Now Terminal has, um, what everyone thinks is the Joker. Uh, everyone thought the Joker died, but he supposedly brought him back to life. And uh, he's using the Joker to access certain, to have a whole, all the Joker's gang 
are under terminals leadership, uh, uh, terminals leader of all the Jokers, and they have a Joker's talent. And so Terry um, decides his suit gets shredded up the first time he fights them. So he decides to go undercover as Matches Malone's kid. Um, so he goes and he puts on the Joker's makeup and he infiltrates the gang. Um, and then he meets Dana. So Dana's been kidnapped by Terminal. And then he, he has to try to, you know, uh, free her and they take down Terminal. But then we find out if you haven't read, I want to tell you what happened in issue three or four. Four. Yeah, man, go for it. Oh, uh, issue. Issue. I'm, I'm a little. Yeah, so at the end of issue, issue three, you find out that the guy that everyone thinks is uh, is the Joker is actually Old Man Bruce. So Bruce Wayne. Wow. Awesome. So what, which so, do you prefer? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you, like you, you said, what do you prefer drawing? you prefer drawing Terry McGinnis or did you, or what, Tim Drake or? Well, Terry's a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, his face is a little bit longer. Um, we've been kind of moving towards a more stylistic uh, approach to him and the Batman suit. Um, and I actually got to tweak the suit a little bit. Um, so hopefully we'll also explore some new weaponry with the suit. Um, so I've always been under the impression that the suit is somewhat of a nanotech um, kind of fabric. Uh, and then you know, his belt and utility belt, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more that we can try to push um, in terms of the technology aspect. So when, when rebirth happened, uh, did you ever try to talk with Dan or, uh, DC about maybe giving a completely different, uh, look to the suit? Like the classic Batman beyond suit is it's all black with red. Did you try to, did you try to go and talk to them about, Hey, maybe we can try this because, because with rebirth, there were the, there was a changing of the Batman suit from mm -hmm. like the, the Greg Capullo days to not where it's at now. Did you ever right. try to t talk to them, like maybe convince them to doing something a little bit different? Oh yeah, they actually um, they they encouraged me to kind of explore uh, a couple of different aspects and, and a couple of different directions for the suit. Um, and uh, so, you know, I sent in. I was able to work with them on, on some. And also, even when the new characters pop, when any of the character or existing old characters pop up, um, try to give like a little bit of a uh, refresh um, to their look. So, because the cartoon is. Um, the cartoon is very simplified. Um, so when I'm redrawing that, like even Terminal, like the Terminal character in the animated series, you know, I think he had like three or four belts around him. Yeah. And so I added like a whole bunch of other belts. Um, so, cause it's supposed to be like a, I think a straight jacket that he break that he's kind of broken loose out of. Um, but I just added a whole bunch of other belts and then. In issue uh, five, he actually some of the belts he uses as a weapon uh, to fight. So, um, you know, I think DC has been, especially the editors, uh, Jim Chadwick and Bob Levin, they've been very open to um, exploring 
um, and uh, new 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 ideas for the, the existing characters. Well, we're we're all happy that Terry's back in the suit. We 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 appreciate the Tim Drake, but you know when we kind of grew up with the Terry from from Batman Beyond the, the the show. So when when Rebirth you know hit. And they announced Terry McGinnis. We all got super jazzed up, and we're like, "Yes, like, it's it's happening. There, it's going to be a part of the continuity now." We were very excited for that. Were, were you were you uh, excited when you when they told you it's going to go back to Terry? Well, actually, I mean, <laughs> excuse me, I'm excited after every issue. <laughs> um, reading Dan's script is always like a little bit of a twist at the end. Right. And so um, while I'm drawing and I'm focusing on this particular page, but then I usually take a step back um, before and after to see, hopefully I have captured the essence of what um, Dan initially wrote. And then I'm waiting to see, you know, to get the next, um, to get the next script for the, the plot for the next issue. Cause I want to find out what's happening. Um, Cause we're going back and forth in terms of uh, um, how things are going to play out. You know, stuff that we already know or we have known from the animated series, but we're um, taking it perhaps maybe in, in a slightly different direction. Um, so for me, I'm excited every month reading what Dan has come up with in his head. And uh, I'm hoping that that fun is translated into the book for the readers. Well, before we let you go, we have to, I, I've been dying, I was like, if I, if I get Bernard on, I'll, I'll I gotta ask him this. Would what do you th what are you thinking? If uh, do you think that DC film should tackle you know a Batman Beyond live action film? I I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Nice. That would be that would mean more royalties for <laughs> 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 the back issues and the trade paperbacks. I mean, you would think it would, the timing is right right now, right? Because yeah. um, I guess the argument before maybe you know few years ago is that uh, the CG would be too expensive but you have a lot of shows now that are sci-fi shows futuristic semi-futuristic shows uh, Batman is still the most popular character in comics um, and I think a Batman Beyond uh, show would be beyond amazing and fun um, even with the Gotham how they showed a young Batman or the young Gotham um, you know, there's always an appeal to the Batman mythos, uh, you know, Batman universe. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I haven't heard anything. So, I, you know, the comics and the TV and movie guys are um, fairly separated. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm working in my place. <laughs> Sometimes I don't leave the house for days or weeks. <laughs> so um, I can become... I can be somewhat of a hermit at times. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, I think if you guys uh, reach out and, and, you know, talk about it a lot, then they'll definitely hear it, um, the front office guys. We and, definitely uh, try. You know, a lot of it is, is up to the, to the readers, the fans. If you guys make enough um, of a voice for, for what you want, uh, eventually, you know, it might happen. Um, the comics is probably out of all the mainstream media, or out of all the media uh, entertainment mediums, um, the closest that the between the gap between the readers and people that make the the books, the product. 
And, uh, you know, you go to shows, you can online, you can tweet and, or, or uh, Facebook or whatever it is, and then the podcast and it's reading, it's reaching all the readers. And a lot of times, uh, the people up in the front office, they will hear it if it's loud enough and, um, they can initiate a lot of what you guys, um, for. So I think that's also the magic of comics too. Such a great medium. Um, it's, uh, uh, I'm very appreciative of, of all the, all the people that read and collect comics. And, uh, it's, you know, as a childhood, as a kid, uh, going up now doing my childhood dreams, drawing comic books. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Bat Batman Beyond comes up in like seventy-five percent of our episodes, at least, and I can't, I can't recall a countless amount of times we've talked about the hopes for a Batman Beyond movie, like even hoping they could like maybe slip it into the Ben Affleck universe, like they're doing with the the old man Logan thing right now. Like if we right. could get an old old man Bruce as Ben Affleck with a young Terry McGinnis in yeah. the Batman suit, it would be epic. Or even a TV show. Or even, a t I mean, we have The Flash, why couldn't we see Batman Beyond? You could like, you could definitely do it on Netflix or sci-fi, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and the, what, what is great about those shows is it kind of can mirror the serialization that you have in the comics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, television is... Um, in the last few years have really become a great game for storytelling. And uh, now with new platforms where, you know, like Netflix, you can sit down and watch an entire season in, in a couple of nights. Um, it's really, really um, changed storytelling. So um, it's allowed kind of a long format storytelling to take place uh, and it's also at the, the reader's or the viewer's discretion as to how they want to consume it. Uh, you can sit there uh, a whole night and uh, watch everything, or you can, you know, span it out over uh, a few days or weeks. So, What can we expect to see from Bernard Chang in the future? Um, more great comics. Awesome. Um, if you are in the USC gym, you can see some three point shots. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm a, uh, I've also contributed to a, uh, pro football league that's starting up here in, um, Southern California called pack pro football. Yeah. I've heard about that. We're going to pay, um, college age kids to play professional football. Awesome. Wow. And because uh, right now how it's formatted, you know, the NFL, uh, you have to be three years removed from high school to, in order to just play in the NFL. Hmm. Um, and the NCAA, you have all these kids, they have full scholarships, but they're not getting paid. And the NCAA and the schools are making millions of dollars off of these kids. Um, so we're opening up an option for some of them uh, to get paid, uh, to get Health insurance, workman's comp, if they get injured, uh, wow. you know, they'll, they get work, work, workman's comp. Uh, but also they'll get uh, an education as well, and uh, they'll have uh, tuition, 
and uh, vocational training, uh, specific like internships for fields that they have uh, interest in. That's incredible. So it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I like to diversify a lot. So, um, I mean, Batman Beyond is my main gig, and uh, um, but uh, there are a couple other things that I like to kind of just dabble every now and then. Would you say you're an avid uh, watcher of USC then, since you've talked a little bit about that? Uh, USC, well, um, I wouldn't say I'm an avid watcher of USC. Uh, I mean, I go to the gym because it's close to where I live. And a lot of the kids there, they're really good kids. Um, uh, a lot of them have graduated. You know, they're, they're there for three or four years. And uh, I'm still there. I've been going to that gym for um, 13 years now. So... Um, I've seen, you know, three or four groups of kids come in and graduate, and now I'm like older, so their kids are 18. I'm 44, so I'm more than twice their age. So whereas when I started, I was like 30, you know, and uh, so I was a little bit closer early on. But now I'm, I'm the I've become the old man in the gym. I remember when I was in college, there was like, you know, one or two old guys that would come in, and uh, they're like the old school guys um, that would just do the fundamental, um, you know, basketball moves, and um, and now I've become that guy. So um, <laughs> uh, it's okay. I was just you know, it's more exercise than anything. So Bernard, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Instagram at the Bernard Chang. Uh, Twitter is the same, the Bernard Chang, um, and I guess Facebook. Awesome. Um, but I try to post. I'm not as good at, at posting regularly and trying to post regularly. But the difficulty with that is a lot of the stuff that I'm drawing I can't really show right. because it hasn't come out yet. Um, and I uh, don't do anything else. Don't do a lot of other stuff outside of stuff that hasn't come out yet. That makes sense. Um, so I post pictures of my two birds sometimes. I have like two parallettes. And uh, they jump on my shoulder while I'm drawing. Um, but, uh, and, or my wife when we travel. So where are you guys located? We're in Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay. I'm coming up to um, Motor City Con. Oh, so really? Nice. We'll be there yeah. for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So make sure um, we'll touch base. I think it's May. Right? Yeah, it's, it's May. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is May. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. And I used to, I grew up in, I, well, we immigrated to the States. We lived in uh, Indiana. Oh, okay. So I'm very familiar with like, the Midwest. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, it's, I hope it's, well, you guys staying warm? We're, we're trying to. There's like, It's there's, actually crazy warm day today. It was like in the, four, it was almost 40 today, wasn't it's it? It's supposed to be in the mid 50s by the end. Well, it's the end of the week by like, Saturday, Sunday, I guess. Yeah. So it's been wow. a strange winter here. Very yeah. strange. I mean, LA, I haven't really had to wear a, a winter coat at all. I mean, it's usually warm out here in the winter, anyways, but. Right. Uh, it's just been, it's been raining a lot, which is good because it's been very dry out here. Um, but every time I travel now, it's very, uh, there's been many times where when I go back to the East Coast in the winter, I forget how cold it gets. Yeah. And I always under underpack. And when I step out, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to probably have to get another sweater or a jacket or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's bad. I I wonder why we live here all the time during the winter. Like when my car's been running for ten minutes and I get in it and it's still freezing cold. What? Why don't I just live where it's warm? <laughs> you guys are welcome to come out to L.A. The weather is almost seventy-two all year round. <sighs> I might take that invitation up. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It was it was a huge honor to talk to you, man. We love your work in Batman Beyond, and we can't wait to see what comes next. I can't wait to catch up on my reading. As a, yeah, uh, for sure. Just I really. Just thank you from everyone here at Shailene on Batman and our fans, because I know all of our fans are huge Batman Beyond fans, too. So thanks, man. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. I mean, you guys are, are what makes the industry. And um, without you guys reading the books and stuff, you know, we wouldn't have books to draw. And uh, there's always a, it's always great to uh, interact and get feedback and to um, just kind of, uh, we contribute back into uh, the region. I mean, I used to do comics. That's how I got into it when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, going to the comic book store, well, back then it was every month. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that smell when you walk into a store, um, it was amazing. And uh, thumbing through the back issues and um, also going home and reading the books, flipping the page carefully, one after, one after the other. It's, uh, uh, it's a, you know, I truly love comic books, um, and uh, I hope it's you know it's going to be here for for a long time to continue. I am the knight. I am the man.